0: Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with winning edge investments. This week
1: on the Winning Edge Podcast, we're joined by Navesh Ramdani, the general manager of race courses for the Australian Turf Club. G'day, uh, good day, Navesh.
2: Ah, good day too, Brad.
1: So how's everything going with the carnival really starting to heat up now?
2: Yeah, very good. Obviously in the midst of uh... A big spring carnival, and uh, so far, so good. We've, uh, we've had a pretty good run of weather, considering what we've had through the winter. And, yeah, it's all shaping up to be a, a great carnival, and looking forward to it, uh, particularly, obviously, the Everest and all the excitement that that brings, and, and of course, the Golden Eagle, which uh, comes after that, and, uh, you know, what that is shaping up to be as a race as well. So really lots to look forward to over the next couple of months.
1: Definitely those races are really shaping up to be high quality and, of course, Epsom Day this weekend.
2: Certainly, and yeah, what a great Epsom, and uh, certainly looking forward to it.
1: Well, I wanted to get you on the show to give our audience an idea of your role and how that plays into the tracks being prepared in Sydney for the Carnivals, not only for the Carnivals, but all year round. Before we get to that, tell us about your career and how you got into the role.
2: Yeah, look, it's uh, (laughs) interesting, I suppose, and... I started my racing career in South Africa for a company called Pumalela. I was a track manager of Turf and Tain Racecourse in Johannesburg uh, for about five years. Um, Yeah, I suppose I have a horticultural background in turf management, and during my time in South Africa, I also studied a bit of business management as well. And so working at Pumalela as a a track manager, then I took over um, a very big sort of center of excellence, I suppose you can call it, uh, just north of Johannesburg in in Midrand and we had 1200 horses It was a dedicated training center and some of your big name trainers like the Mike decox and the Lairds and Sean Tarry's if these names make any sense to anyone uh, they're pretty uh, big in, in horse racing in South Africa and Mike Decock particularly has been a, a global um, sort of name in as a trainer so yeah, I worked uh, managing that training center for uh for three years before becoming the sort of general manager of uh racing and and liaison. And my last role prior to leaving Pumalela really entailed managing turfentine and as well as the training center, but it was also more trainer focused in managing the relationship between trainers and the company. And uh yeah, I don't need to tell you that is a challenge in itself managing trainers and it takes a special kind of person to um, develop a relationship with them and I've been lucky in that I was you know able to do that in South Africa and then um, obviously carry that over here to Australia and um, you know, in 2010 when Dave Hudson resigned as the racecourse manager of Royal Roundwick uh, the club obviously embarked on recruiting for that role and um, I saw that role applied or advertised on, on pretty much racing jobs, which is the sort of main Australian racing jobs um, website, and I applied for the job just off the internet. I didn't really know that much about Royal Randwick. Uh I did visit Australia once before, and uh, I visited Rose Hill, and I was very impressed with the setup there. I certainly didn't realize Roundwick was what it was when I advertised for the job, not that it would have swayed me one way or the other. I certainly was looking for a change from South Africa and and obviously moving to Australia was something that, you know, I really wanted to do for a number of years. And so I saw this role as an opportunity and applied for the job. And and I I got it and, you know, uh, perhaps lucky, but I think I had all the relevant qualifications that the club required and I was fortunate in South Africa in that the the tracks that I had to manage in South Africa was very similar to what they had here at Roundwick, and more particularly, Roundwick's main training track was what we call a Trackmaster American Dirt Track, and so I had experience in managing that, and that was one of the key requirements for the role, is managing the dirt track, and and I think that really strengthened my case to get the job.
1: What are the main differences between racing in Australia and South Africa? Is there many similarities?
2: Look, uh, coming from Johannesburg, I'd say the the main difference is really the climate. Um, Everything else is very, very similar. I always sort of liken racing to a, um, to almost like being a doctor. And if you go to racing, different racing jurisdictions around the world, um, it's like taking a doctor, taking a pulse off a person. Uh, Once you get there, and you kind of suss the scene you very quickly get to understand uh... you know what's happening within that racing jurisdiction and i was fortunate in that i was able to uh... You know, have that ability to be able to quickly get into it and i hit the ground running here I- in sydney uh... but to answer the question uh... there was a lot of similarities um, i suppose uh... in south africa as a country as well as australia as a country Um, They're very, very similar countries um, and racing was very similar. So most of the challenges uh, and the requirements for the job were were similar in both. And the only thing I'd suggest would be is the the climate in Sydney and the winter rainfall and the humidity versus uh, up in Johannesburg, the summer thunderstorms. Uh, up in altitude and the very cold winters would be the difference between South Africa and uh, Sydney.
1: So in your role there's four trucks, uh, Rose Hill, ranwick Warwick Farm and Canterbury. Tell us about the preparation for carnivals, the rail movements, that kind of thing. Where does it all start and how much planning goes into it?
2: Sure, so we always plan in a couple of seasons in advance so basically our spring planning really starts straight after the autumn carnival. And, um, you know, we've got to work out our race program and try and get the rails to as close to true, to the true position as possible. And um, you would have seen we we race George Mainstakes Day uh, on the true and then we go out to three for Epsom, um, six for Spring Champions and then back into the true for the Everest. And that's been our pattern of rail positions for the past few years. And that's worked really well for us. Uh, but yeah look our, our planning starts months and months in advance and it really we really sort of impacted significantly by the type of winter we've had and um, we have had an extremely wet winter this year which has been frustrating for a lot of people um, even for track managers as well, obviously all these heavy tracks and um, you know week after week. but look what has happened with the with the wet winter meant that we've had a relatively mild, winter as well in as far as temperatures so that set us up really well for when we did start to get a little bit of heat uh, towards the end of August and and in the early parts of September so know, we the tracks really bounced out the ground Uh, the ground was wet and we had lots of product in the ground in as far as fertilizers and everything was set up pretty much perfectly for the grass to bounce out the ground and you you can see that when you walk our tracks, uh, we've come out of this winter, despite the multiple heavy tracks, uh, a lot better than we have in a number, you know, for a number of winters. And, and I think the tracks are presented perhaps the best uh, coming out of this winter than than any of the winters I've been here for sure. Um, and look, you know, the the climate is one thing, but we've also changed our fertilizer programs and we've changed a number of our practices in as far as managing turf and all of that counts and you know the the little one percent is here and there makes a big difference particularly when you uh... setting up a track in early spring like we do uh... you know any little bit helps and 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 certainly we can see the results of that now uh... in the ground Uh, we raced on george main stakes day we had a little bit of rain the track handled it beautifully uh... we got to a good four on that day and last week at rose hill um, The track was a little bit firmer, we are a good three, but um, the the, the condition of the tracks have been in really, really good, and I'm pretty impressed with where we're at at the moment, given that we do have four tracks across Sydney, and I can tell you that all four of them are in a very, very similar position at the moment.
1: What are the key differences between the four ATC tracks? Can you tell punters how the tracks generally play with certain rail movements or weather conditions? What are some of the recurring themes at these tracks?
2: Yeah, I'll start with Randwick. Randwick over the years has had its issues. Uh, one of the things I had to do when I got here very quickly was understand this track and, and how it performs, and um, I can tell you it's a very different track now than what it was when I got here. So, you know, it, it performs extremely well, and I'm you know very happy with the, the performance of the Randwick course proper. Uh, in the past when we were a lot more impacted by the wet weather and you know you tend to have horses getting off the rail a lot more when we've had a bit of wet weather but that seems to have to be lessened now than it was or ever has been in the past and that's because we've you know worked a lot to try and achieve that so yeah and as far as uh Randwick, it's it has a few undulation, undulations and it's a very challenging course, um, you know, a mile course for example because there's there's a few undulations you sort of start at a high point and you, you're going downhill and then uphill again on the back straight and as you take the turn it rises and dips and rises and dips so there's multiple undulations across the course although you, it's not massive undulations like you see in the UK tracks but certainly enough if you're on a horse uh or if, uh, to feel that and obviously the horses do as well so um you know the jockeys need to be well experienced when riding the Randwick track because they they need to know exactly where they need to make their moves to be successful and more than that they also need to know their horse's ability uh so it's it's an inc- it's challenging in that way and that's why it's sort of renowned as one of the best mile uh, sort of race courses in the world is because it's it's challenging for the horse and the rider and they have to be uh, incredibly smart when they ride it to be to be successful
1: is that something as a track manager you do when you sit back and say oh wow that jockey has ridden that race perfectly and ridden the track for the day just perfectly
2: oh for sure look uh, you know it's hard not to when you have the the depth of riders that we have in this country, and um, you know, regardless of the the distance um, that is being ridden, you know, you you look at some jockeys and you go, wow, he rode that race incredibly well, and um, you know, it goes without saying, obviously Glenn Boss being the sort of uh, success he's had over the Randwick Mile, and and you know, the, you've, we've seen him ride, yes, 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 in the um, in the Everest, and um, you know, we've we, We've seen him ride cold in. There's, he just has uh, a great ability to be that big uh, race jockey. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, you know, there's, there's certainly, um, you know, different jockeys at different times, uh, ride ride to perfection, and and you sit back and appreciate that for sure.
1: I know you must have a great relationship with the trainers at the tracks, but what about the jockeys as well?
2: Yeah. Look, you know, we uh, I see them all the time and look, they're great guys and they have their challenges. Obviously, it's, it, you know, the, the risks to the job and then um, the occupational um, requirements, I suppose, in as far as diets and it's not an easy job and I totally respect where they're coming from and, um, you know, some of their frustrations. And equally, I think they respect where we come from as track managers and, and, and as people preparing surfaces for them to ride on it is an incredibly challenging uh, role because we're dealing not just with uh... natural elements but we are also dealing with a living organism in as far as the the, the grass and uh, you know things can happen pretty quickly with uh, different environmental conditions like pests and diseases and um, sometimes the grass just doesn't grow um... for whatever reason and we we have to be able to identify those in advance and be able to plan for it and if it is something that's just unplanned or, or has just crept up on us oh, we need to be able to make very quick decisions on how we can combat those challenges very much the same as i guess someone ri- riding a horse when a, uh, a horse jumps from gates and it doesn't exactly jump and go to plan you've got to make quick changes to be able to um, better position yourself and, and we're exactly the same that's how i like to sort of compare it uh, we we'll be agile and uh, ready to, to jump on any, any, any challenge that may present itself.
0: Winning Edge Investments is an independent provider of tips, ratings and betting education on horse racing and sports. Recruiting only the best full-time professional punters and expert analysts. Does your tipping service offer transparent posting of results every day using an achievable odds recording method? Do they offer a 120-page betting education pack with every membership? And do they provide a profit guarantee loyalty bonus credits, refer a friend bonuses and special insider discounts to valued members? If not head over to winningedgeinvestments.com for a different, better experience. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.
1: All right, so let's get back to the four trucks. We've covered Randwick. What about the other trucks?
2: Sure. So Rose Hill. You know it's, it's a totally different uh, shape and si- uh, size to Randwick. Um, look it presents, uh, it has its own challenges but equally it, it's it's also a really good surface. Uh, we did have some challenges with it early in the autumn and I think that was after we had the vi- uh, the floods virtually in February and then we got to March and the rain just kept coming and that sort of was the prelude to everything that followed all the way through the winter. So it was the first real heavy tracks that we've had. And, and after the, the drought of late last year and the bushfires, and then we went from a drought into a flood and, and people sort of panicked and went, oh look, this tracks, uh, you know, very heavy, but you know, I don't think uh, any of the other tracks were any different there. It was just the nature of the rain that had fallen at the time, but we have done some renovation works to it since. And we're currently doing some renovation works on it now. And I can assure you the way we're setting it up, it's, it's setting up to be also, um, you know, people often reference the good old days. Well, I can assure you, I think it's uh, we're well on our way to getting it back to what, uh, you know, what, uh, the good old days of Rose Hill, as many people mentioned to me. But there isn't a great deal, you know, there wasn't a great deal wrong when people had their comments about it and it is a fantastic track, it drains really well and we just have to continue our renovation program to bring it to its best surface. Um, often they can say it can be a bit on pace at times but look uh, track bias and I'm pretty sure you're going to ask me that a little bit later and we'll cover that on the track bias part of things but it is a perception and it's 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 a difficult one to quantify but yeah look I as a, as a surface itself, I think it's a, it's a, it's a different challenge to ride, totally different to Randwick, And, and there again, you know, it has its unique, its uniqueness. And, um, you know, jockey experience counts a lot when, when going around Rose Hill, and picking their time to make their move. Um, Warwick Farm is a very old surface. It sort of mostly it's uh, it's a natural profile it's I don't know how long exactly it's been in the ground but it's it's been in the ground by far the longest of any of our four surfaces um, look it's it's its age is counting against it I suppose because uh, it doesn't drain perhaps as well as all of our other courses and and further there's it, it has a, a negative camber on the outside three meters of the track which. Is, is a real challenge when it comes to using the full width of the track and we are seeking to address that but generally um, they get off the rails at Warwick Farm although in the last you know three or four months they have been sticking relatively true when racing around Warwick Farm but the the general tendency for Warwick Farm as a track is they, they sort of get off the rail to touch as they come down the straight. Um, and then there's Canterbury. Canterbury was built 20 years ago. Uh, it's a sandy loam profile on a very consistent uh, gravel drainage blanket, and it's really one of our best surfaces in as far as wet weather. And it's interesting because it is a totally different racetrack from um, all of all of our four tracks. It's a it's a tight. Uh, it's it's a tight turn. It's a, a short circumference. It's only 1590 meters around, um, and it's a short short running. It's a touch over 200 meters. So you know it's 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 a track where you really need to know where to make your move to be successful. It's uh, incredibly challenging to make ground if you've given any front runners a head start. and uh, you need to get going a lot sooner than I think most jockeys and trainers expect and and that's why there's a perception around that track as well which we'll talk about.
1: Yep so let's delve into perceived track bias now that we've talked about Canterbury and that's one of the ones which is really targeted for it. How do you assess track bias? What is track bias? What are the factors that form perceived track bias? Give us your take on it.
2: Look it's it's a good question and look from a track bias as far as what I understand it to be is there's a perceived advantage or disadvantage in certain parts of a, of a track. Now uh, look, nobody goes out or sets out to create that now, I don't think any track manager in the country or in the world does and it's something that happens um, you know, coincidentally or, or accidentally. Uh, I think track bias is a, is, a, is a term that's used very loosely think it's pinpointed for a lot of things that isn't quite track biased in the sense of things, but that gets blamed for, for a lot of times. But look, I'm not say, uh, suggesting that there isn't such a thing as track bias, because there can be times when we've had rain at certain times. And given the, the, the nature of tracks and the design of tracks, there are going to be some areas that drains uh, a little bit quicker or a little bit slower than other parts. But in saying that, I don't think it's as significant as as what it it can be made or you know it, it's it's used as a scapegoat in a lot of arguments, and and I think that's incorrect. Uh, it's got to be taken into account with a number of different factors, such as track by uh, excuse me um, the tempo, uh, the conditions on the day, the ground conditions, and so those all factors that certainly need to be. Uh, factored into the track bias argument, but that, you know, in a a spur-of-a-moment conversation, uh, people sort of use track bias without getting the statistical facts that sort of support or quantify the argument, and uh, I found that can be a little bit frustrating because people are quick to blame a track bias, but when you look at the facts, later in as far as sectional timing and also you know, track conditions versus what the horse is comfortable on. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of difficult to quantify it precisely, and, uh, but it is used and blamed in a lot of arguments. Uh, and in saying that though, and we'll come back to Canterbury because uh, you know that seems to be topical, that um, there's a perception that it, is, uh, it has have a leader bias Uh, look it's it's a difficult one to assess a hundred percent because we have seen it uh, in the in recent times where you can get off the rail and make ground and in other times you can't and and that for me comes back to the fact that one the way canterbury is uh, the design of canterbury is completely different to any of our other race courses so if jockeys are riding the track or if trainers' instructions is to ride it similar to what uh, they do at any of the other three courses, then I think you know they, it, it's going to be a problem because uh, it's a it's a it's very steep um, it's a very steep camber coming around Canterbury, and you've got to be moving a lot quicker than most people expect, yep. and and you get caught out because there's not a great deal of straight to make up ground. Yeah,
1: courses to courses top
2: track. Absolutely. Um, and also on a heavy track, you, you you can't really be given a front runner 10 or 12 lengths head start and then try to make it up on a track that is already uh, extremely difficult to make ground by the sheer nature of it. You know, if you if you flatten the camber and extend the to straight at Canterbury, it'll be a completely different racing surface. Yep. But, you know, it is the design of it sort of lends itself to that and so you know horses need to start getting going a lot quicker um, but in saying that we you know we, we we take on board industry feedback and one of the things that we we haven't done for a long time is a, a major renovation on the Canterbury surface and so we're doing that this year in fact uh, we started the inside six meters on Monday and um, you know the plan is just do a hard scarify, remove as much thatch as we can and then we conduct in a a process called sand grooving and sand grooving really is, it inserts sand in slits uh, in the top 125 mm of the surface so that would help really get percolation of water through that profile a lot quicker and in my opinion with scarifying it and conducting that process it's certainly going to even out the surface from the inside to the outside and there's been a lot of arguments about using Canterbury more and uh, I agree, I think we should be using Canterbury a little bit more in as far as a, a training track so we can get gallops or trials on the outside half of the track and and that in itself just by sheer usage will even the surface out um, but this, this year is going to be almost a reset for Canterbury's surface we'll, we'll do a hard scarifier, we'll sand groove it and and I think that will even out that surface uh, right across, and and then really it comes back to um, you know the the courses for horses argument and and how how it's ridden to get the best out of uh, out of the horses in that track.
1: You must get a lot of data and industry feedback about the way tracks play, um, and trying to use that to work out why they played the way they did.
2: Yeah, look, we we do. We get feedback. We get. Uh, statistical analysis and, and look, you know it's 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 a difficult one to, you know as I say put your finger on exactly that's what it was but there's a multiple uh, multitude of factors and and as I said rail position is one uh, and and different rail positions, uh, you know horses, or the pattern is different uh, on different rail positions. I mean that you know can be turned on its head when when it's between a heavy track and a good track. So, you know, whilst there's a a track bias argument, I think it sort of, there's a multitude of factors that contributes to the track bias, as I said, and I think it it certainly comes back to look assessing it as a package with um, track conditions, uh, tempo, sectional times, and then obviously where the better part of the track was for that race meeting. And it can start off being one way, and there's a perception that either the the inside or the outside may be off, and then uh, midway through the the race meeting, uh, it changes, and then there's some people that sort of talk about how the bias changed. So, you can look at bias whichever way you want, and as long as you have it in your head, you're always going to look for that as uh, an excuse or as a factor, and... uh, it's, it's challenging to pinpoint it exactly.
1: Is that the hardest part of the job, having that balance between what the punters want, what the trainers want, and what the wider industry wants?
2: Look, it is, it is one of the challenges, for sure. And that's why we have guidelines and minimum standards from Racing New South Wales, which guide us as to what exactly we're trying to achieve. And so we, we aim to uh, produce a track of a good four racing, uh, and heading towards a good three for, during the course of the race program um, and a good cushion of grass and we're fortunate in that we always do have that right throughout the year so yeah there are minimum standard guidelines which which um, guides us to how we prepare tracks and and that sort of helps and makes it a little bit easier
1: so we've covered a couple of important areas is there anything else you'd like to touch on
2: Oh, look, you know, it's a, as a race course manager and having to manage now all four surfaces, uh, it, is, it is a challenging role, but I can assure you that the, the four track managers in Sydney and track managers in general who I meet right across the country and the world, they are incredibly passionate people. They absolutely love the job that they do, and that's the reason why they do it, and that's the reason why we do it so well is, is because we love it and it is challenging and and a lot of times it can be a thankless job but the guys that we have on the ground doing the job they are aware of all of that and uh, they're deeply passionate about what they do and how to present tracks and they love horses Um, so I can assure you and punters that whatever we do in the preparation of race tracks in Sydney uh, we're doing it to the best of our ability with the greatest intention to be able to provide the best surface week in and week out. And, and that passion is what really drives us. And if you don't have that, uh, it's, t- it's difficult to keep the job. And I suppose it's, it's much the same being a, a trainer or a jockey. If you, if you don't love what you're doing, you're going to have a challenge in keeping that job. And, and we're fortunate that we have a great team at the Australian Turf Club and we have great management that supports us. And you know you can see that in 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 the work that we produce.
1: Yep, well said. Uh, certainly a tough job, and it would be nice if the credit for a good track was as loud as the, the criticism they receive when a a track doesn't play the way uh, the punters
2: want. Sure, and and look, we we certainly don't set out to 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 do any of that. If if it does happen, if biases are uh, evident uh, during a race meeting, that you know that certainly isn't. Do doing, it's it's just an act of nature and yeah. and and you know as I said it's a, dealing with nature and the natural resources is is incredibly challenging but uh, you know with good planning and 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 thinking in advance and using the best available technology and products which is what we do uh, the results pretty much speaks for themselves.
1: Thanks, Navesh. Thanks for coming on the show and thanks for your time and thanks for giving our audience an insight into the tracks. Good luck for the rest of the carnival and into the future.
2: Thank you very much, Brad. Much appreciated.
0: At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com. Look at our membership options Make your choice and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.